Welcome to the Weldon Green Podcast. The theme for today is anxiety. A lot of the questions have a lot to do with anxiety, and it's another Ask Weldon Show, episode 165. So we're going to hear from people real-life practical questions related to judo training, grinding up a new account, and playing in front of an audience, and we get to deal with exactly how those should be treated from a sports psychology perspective. As always, this podcast is supported by the Mac program, mindgames.gg slash M-A-C. It's an online video training course of the sports psychology principles that I use with professional athletes to help them optimize their game through basically becoming, uh, treating it as an all-in experience for their life, making sure that they understand the choices that they're making and putting behind them the full force of their effort, which is a useful way to look at pretty much anything you are undertaking. And so if you're interested in that, check it out and use the code PODCAST. In the show, I mentioned the code AskWeldon. Of course, that is because I'm recording it also for YouTube. But for you guys, I'd like you to use the code PODCAST so that I know you come from this audio experience. And as a reward, I give you an extra dollar off of the discount from what YouTube gets. So be sure to use the right code at the checkout. And let's dive into the show. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Ask Weldon Show, episode 166. Today, we have three questions. Maybe we will finish the show ahead of time. Is that possible? Let's find out. How to overcome anxiety by from playing in front of an audience. That is our capstone question. Before that, we're going to dive into an, a second question from Love, who came on the show a few days ago to ask us a question. He's back and asks, is grinding up a new account useful for learning about the game? And finally... I ran into a kid I couldn't teach after eight years of experience in yoga. I mean, not yoga, judo, my gosh. Judo, judo, judo. What are some useful tactics to accomplish training that kid? Okay, uh, updates. Recorded my very first recording of the new mindfulness trainings for the new app yesterday uploaded it to Amazon. How exciting is that? If any of you know Amazon S3 buckets and CloudFront permission systems, let me know. I'm trying to figure that out. Um, if any of you are very familiar with audio codecs like OGG uh, and MP3 and can advise me on different pluses and minuses to them and how exactly OGG works on the web, you know, how, how ubiquitous it is. If you're a web programmer and you use OGG or you're an audiophile and you use OGG, um, that's, that's who I need to talk to. Um, let's see what other updates, what other updates? Hmm. Yeah, that's about it guys. It's honing in on the weekend. We have one more day left still on this daily show grind. And why don't we jump into the show? Okay, first question. I'm going to put my headphones on so I can hear. I think my desktop audio is ready. Let's play. Hey, Weldon. I just had a question for you. I've been doing judo for about eight years now, and I kind of hold an authority role there. I end up teaching most of the kids, and I even teach a lot in the adult class. But just the other day, I actually ran into a kid that I actually couldn't teach. He was quite difficult. He didn't want to participate. He would even ignore me, not even look at me. So I was just wondering if you ever had a player that 
ever did that for you that just didn't want to participate or listen to you and just kept ignoring you? And what would you do in that situation? Or what did you do in that situation? Thank you. All right. So I have run into... I have run into players and, and athletes that I that I had struggled with and some that I couldn't coach. Now, as a coach, you you have to recognize, and I know that you do, so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm just telling this for the audience out there. Um, if you find somebody that is difficult to coach, it's because you're not a good enough coach yet, not because they're uncoachable. There's no such thing as uncoachable. There's just, I'm not good enough to coach this person, okay? So it's always a challenge. It's always a like a, a chance for us coaches to upgrade our skills, right? Find a way in. And uh, in this particular case, I ended up, I think I ended up talking to this person more than anybody else in the team. Like I ended up at meals with them. I ended up conversing with them. I, I still get messages from this person asking me advice about, uh, about their life. And I still struggle to get them to do the things that I think would make sense. But it's clear that the time that I invested in trying to get through to them gave them the thing that they needed or they felt they wanted to steer their own life forward. So that person is still steering their own life forward uh, and still not really taking any of the advice that I believe would be right for them. But because the time I invested in just like, I mean, we would have, you know, like 45 minute conversations sitting there eating uh, you know, a bowl of cereal or whatever. Uh, so, so I I do recommend investing time in the person. I do recommend like finding out what makes them tick and talking about things in their life that are completely unassociated with with judo. Uh, and you know, just I I mean, it's attracting, right? You get this challenge and this puzzle, and you're like, I need to figure it out, and it just just draws you in like a moth to flame, or draws me in like a moth to flame. I just try to get closer and closer. So I do recommend this closeness. Uh, I think that that is, that is the only way for you to explore finding out what it is to, that makes the person tick so that you can pull the right lever. Is it information? So you have to enter into conversation. That's basically my only advice. You can, of course, go the other direction and look for skills like from other coaches. You could call into a talk show from a coach and ask their advice like you have done. Uh, you could you could look at coaching techniques. You could you could go back and brush up on your on your leadership philosophy. But really, the honest answer is you need information from them, and so you have to build a relationship with them and figure out what what makes them tick. What is it that they're looking for in terms of leadership in their life? I think it's that. I think it's pretty straightforward. That's all I can recommend. Uh, and and then as far as as far as resources, I would say. Yeah, it's so tough. You know what I mean? Because there, you probably have a lot of tools, and the real thing is you got to get them to use the tools, which means you need credibility with it, with them, which means you got to build up that credibility or that authority so that you can expend it in 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 an ask for them to get the activity. So it's kind of irrelevant if you go and improve the number of activities that you know. Uh, you might try to find something that's within their wheelhouse. If they are unhappy with the things that you're asking them to do, maybe you can do judo in a different way that is special for them. It'll make them feel special. It'll give them an opportunity to, you know, to, to tackle something in a way that they feel is tailored for them. And there could be a barrier also. Like, for example, it could be that there's just a few simple barriers to their 
participation in the class that are not adapted for very well. So for example, I had a swim team once where I had a player who could not and would not kind of participate. And I discovered that the issue was um, like psychological, like like appearance-based, right? That they didn't want to look a certain way in front of the team. Uh, and so there can be these barriers that actually exist that prevent people more than just uh, more than just yeah some some sort of motivational thing. So that's what I recommend. And thanks for calling in for the show to the show, Logan. Appreciate it. Let's jump into the next question. You guys, we might finish the show in time for me to get to the gym on time. How exciting! Hey, Logan, it's Love again, and um, <clears throat> I decided to make a new account, and I'm gonna go from you know the one to 30, you know, unranked or whatever. And uh, I've never really been very good. I've probably peaked at like silver three or four, and I've always been between silver and bronze. But do you think that will help me in any way, <clears throat> you know, to actually do it again? Do you think I'll find any insight in that, or do you think it's a waste of time? I really enjoy the game, even though I hate it sometimes. So just let me know what you think. Thanks, Weldon. Hi, Weldon. My name is Brandon. Oops. In about three weeks' time... Sorry, guys. Hope your headphones didn't uh, take out your eardrums there. Yeah, I have questions that always come in a different volume, so I adjust between them. I make a little note like, oh, adjust it down, adjust it up, but I forgot that this thing is autoplay. All right, so this question from Love is about whether or not it's worth it to start over and do the 1 to 30 and then unranked to ranked. And worth it in terms of the like understanding, this is what I assume, getting deeper insight about the game and understanding you know the game deeper so that you can improve your rank. And the short answer is no. That it doesn't really... It shows you what you do know and a little bit of what you don't know so that you can go and try to find out how to learn what you don't know. But then you're in the same situation as if you were just where you were and you reflected and watched a lot of your VODs and, and were like, oh, I can't do this and I can't do this and I can't do this, but I can do this and I can do this. On the other hand, it is very motivational. It's very motivational to kind of like tackle a lower skill level and see um, kind of, you know, what you've actually learned, like how far you've come, right? A lot of people get lost in the fact that they think that they haven't moved that much throughout the years and not realizing that they've actually improved quite a bit. So it can be incredibly motivational to do that kind of thing. And then it can be very demotivating too if you do your if you do ranked placements, you end up far, far lower than where you think you should be. Uh, so that can be very depressing and emotional. Um, however, I do think that there is another benefit. There's There's two benefits to this. One is that that first thing I said, which is that it shows you how far you've come, which can be very exciting. The other thing is you can, if you have a Smurf, you can, of course, start to separate performance and escapism on the latter. So if you have two accounts, you can always be thinking about, okay, this is my performance account. I'm going to go in really stressed out and really focused, and I'm going to practice my coping skills with my emotions because I really want to perform in this account. So I'm going to, you know, things are serious, and when, when the stress comes, I need to I need to push through it. And then your other account can be just purely for fun, you know, for building uh, melee Ezreal builds or whatever. So yeah, I think that there's there's definitely some tangible emotional benefits. I do not think you will gain any sort of amazing strategic insight. Uh, but But there's also going to be the grind, right? It's also a grind. Like getting 1 to 30 is not a joke. 
and neither is the unranked to whatever rank you are climb. If you end up getting placed super low, uh, you know that you want to get back to the rank you're at, so that's going to be motivating, but grinding up there and losing games along the way is going to feel really painful. So you're going to, I think, have to explore how to easily carry games, which means you might even be an, end up trying new positions and new champions. In an effort to carry the game better than you can from from certain positions with certain champions. So there is that possibility to kind of like unlock your carry potential in a rank that is far lower than where you should be. That's kind of everybody's dream, right? Is to be smurfing at a low ELO and just have an easy game. But I'm, let me tell you, it's, all, it's not easy emotionally when you start losing to those people uh, and you think, oh, wow, am I actually this bad? And the answer is, yeah, if you're not trying, unfortunately you are. So that's the answer to that question. And before we jump into the final question of the show, I wanted to ask you guys to check out the Mac program. This is my training program. I'm using it to fund the training program. So I'm making a new version right now. And today, as I said at the intro of the show, I actually just recorded the first new mindfulness training session for this actual program. Uh, number one, centering exercise number one, 11 parts. And uh, and I'm really excited. I'm really excited that we're at the point in the program where I'm producing all the content, um, cutting apart the videos. We're actually going to do it in, in a generative way. So I'm going to creating the text and the audio, and we're going to maybe not even run that many MP4s into the program. So it's like low data use. I mean, on the tech side, I think it's just beautiful what we're doing. Uh, I think that I really love building things. And, and your guys purchasing of this program in order to improve yourself in order to give the funds that are necessary to pay the programmer to build this thing is the best thing that's happened to me in the last two months for sure. Um, three months maybe, although I've been planning this for five years. So uh, to, f- to kind of feel it finally coming together is very exciting. But anyway, what is the MAC program? Mindfulness, acceptance, commitment. It's those three skills, put them together and you have mental resilience and you have focused training and growth. That's all there is to it. Uh, this is the program I use with the pro teams I work with. It's in video format, so it's 50 videos in an online course. And it is my answer to the problem of everybody messaging me and wanting me to train them. And I can't. So here you go. All right. And if you use the code AskWeldon, you get $5 off. And that is mostly for tracking so that I know where it is that you come from when you hear about this program and then go to purchase it. So I have a different code for each kind of area. And my code for you guys is the Ask Weldon code. All right, make sure that you check it out and let me know. Okay, last question. Hi, Weldon. My name is Brandon. In about three weeks' time, I'm going to be playing a LAN tournament for 5v5 League of Legends. These games are going to be live-streamed and shoutcasted, and a lot of my personal friends are probably going to be watching. So here's my question. How do I get over the anxiety of playing in front of an audience? All right. Thank you, Brandon. I have some good news and some bad news. The bad news is that you're not going to get over the anxiety of playing in front of an audience. It's impossible. You are always going to feel pressure in front of an audience, whether you are a one-year experienced athlete or a 20-year experienced athlete, whether you are about to win the tournament or whether you know that you're going to go out in the first round, whether you are a complete and utter novice or you are an expert at your craft. You are always going to feel that anxiety when you're playing in front of an audience you can condition yourself to lower the the experience of it as anxiety 
but you will still get the spike in cortisol and adrenaline, as you should if you're a performer. And the interpretation of that is kind of the essential part here. Whoops, I leaned backwards and then I realized I just left the focus of my camera. Sorry, guys. So the real question you are asking is how do I cope with the stress of performance? Not how do I overcome the anxiety? How do I cope with the stress of performance? And the first transition and move that you must make is that you must stop seeing it as anxiety and start seeing it as stress. Now, remember that in the human body, there is stress and eustress, distress and eustress. So there is like negative stress, and that's if you have too little, so you're too relaxed, or you have too much, and then you perform badly. And then there's the correct amount of stress. It's kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. This one's porridge is too hot, this porridge is too cold, this porridge is just right. Okay, You need performance anxiety to perform. It is a part of performance stress. So there's three things that you need to you need to um, be able to do. First of all, if you are too relaxed, you need to be able to amp yourself up. If you're too stressed, you need to be able to amp yourself down. And you need to be able to reframe the anxiety as a performance positive emotion and, and handle it within your narrative. So you need to start saying things like, this is excitement. When you start feeling the butterflies in your stomach, you say, this is, this is it. Like, this is my adrenaline coming. This is my excitement. This is my focus. This is my fuel. And you start using it and channeling it and stop avoiding it. You need to lean into the pressure. And unfortunately, most people spend a lot of their practice avoiding pressure. And so what happens is that you don't have a lot of coping skills, you don't have a lot of self-talk, you don't have a lot of experience with turning pressure and the associated amounts of anxiety that goes with that into performance instead of trying to frantically avoid it. But the first thing that you can do is, is free up all of that mental space and emotional uh, effort with the avoiding part and you can just get rid of it and say, I'm not trying to avoid it anymore. Okay. And the second thing you can do is you can start in your training to amp up the pressure. You can you can try live streaming. Uh, you can try telling yourself this game is really important. You can try doing some rehearsals where you are, you know, sit, sitting on a stage and you're feeling that pressure. And you can start trying to see what it, the things are that you tell yourself and that you rationalize and that you do to cope with it. So you say things like, all right, the butterflies in my stomach right now is my energy. Like it's my excitement level. It's my adrenaline pumping. It's, it's the focus that's going to help me play more clearly. You need to look at your hands and see if they're shaking and you need to breathe deeply. That is, you know, breathe down in your stomach and like exhale and, and calm your muscles while allowing your mind and your emotions to run excitedly through your veins, like pumping, you know, like a, like an aggressive machine. Okay. And if you do these things in practice, you can actually then bring them onto the stage. This is, by the way, one of the reasons that best of ones, I feel like are going to be a real challenge against regions in League of Legends where there are best of threes because they have more stage games to practice this high-pressure, high-stakes situations than they can put their rookies through many more games on stage, which means that they'll be, have more coping capabilities by the end of the split. Best of ones, however, are more important, and so they provide more pressure and uh, you know immediately, and so there, there is a, there, you know, there's a counter there, but I still think that... that Rookies in, in other regions where they have more possibilities to drill themselves on these high-stakes matches in the, in the games are just going to have an advantage. Okay, so you get the idea now. 
I think. And it's really not more, any more complicated than that. You're never going to overcome the anxiety. You should have it. If you don't have it, you need to work on your capability to improve your stress or scale down your stress a little bit. And you usually do that by by kind of like repetition, right? You think, a lot of people think that after 15 times on stage or 15 times in ranked games, that they're better at handling the stress and therefore and coping with it and therefore the stress goes away. Actually, what happens is when you first start competing, your stress is artificially high. And after you've been competing for a while, it just goes down to its normal amount of stress, which is still way freaking higher than no stress. Okay. Um, one of my favorite pieces of research shows that when you're stepping on stage as an experienced athlete, you have more cortisol, which is the stress hormone, in your bloodstream than people who are jumping out of an airplane for the first time parachuting, okay? Even as an experienced competitor. So competition is stressful, stressful. And that's a good thing because you need that stress to focus up and perform above and beyond your capabilities. You know, get in the zone and like overshoot yourself. So what you need to do is normalize the stress mentally, normalize it with stories that you tell yourself about it and how you handle it. Look for other areas in your life where you have handled stress well transfer over the same exact skills. They work just fine. Okay, the same skills work. Focus on your breathing. That is the only way that you can calm yourself down physically in eSport because you, you aren't out on the pitch running around in circles. You can't reliably let your your aerobic exercise like take your edge off and, and get you focused. So you need to be really good at breathing and deep breathing and like centering yourself and bringing yourself to the present and focusing on your competition. And you need to be good at like making sure that your hands aren't jittering. And then also, you need to be good at playing anyway, even when your hands are jittering. So put yourself in stressful situations leading up to it to feel what it's like to pilot yourself in in these high stakes competitions. Okay, good luck. Ragnarok. That's that's your name on the... Uh, oh, no, 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 it was Brian, right? I think you introduced yourself right at the beginning. Sorry about the sound, I'm going to replay it. Hi, Weldon. My name is Brandon. Brandon. Okay, sorry. Brandon. Yes. Great and fantastic question. All right, guys. Uh, that's it. And by that's it, I mean that is the last audio question I have. So please, please, please call into the show. Go down below this video. You will find the link to ask. Uh, anchor.fm slash Weldon Green. Anchor.fm slash Weldon Green. And you will be able to get the Anchor app on your phone and call in your question. You can also come to my Discord. You can type in your question. Although, like I said, this is my last audio question. I do have a bank of some typed questions that I'm going to get through. You can also type your question on Twitter, hashtag AskWeldon, and it will show up on the show. But the most reliable way to get on the next show is that I prefer audio questions. So come and call it in. Ask.fm slash Weldon Green. The show is powered off of your contributions and your insight into your dilemmas and problems. So feel free to share them with the world by putting them on my anchor call in. All right, that's it. Thanks for the show, guys. See you tomorrow. All right, that's the show for you today. Thanks for tuning in. Remember that this show is supported by mindgames.gg slash MAC, the Mac program. It's a $24 program. It's $30 originally, but you use the code PODCAST to get the $6 discount in the checkout. So it's a $24 program that includes 50, 50 video trainings. And currently, it's in its third version. When you buy the, buy the program, you get access to the entire program for, for life at this point. 
And so while right now it is 50 video episodes, I'm currently recording with this very microphone that I'm talking into right now to you podcasters. I'm currently recording the next version of this amazing program. It's basically a replication of what's already in there, updated with the new trips, tricks, tactics, and information that I've gotten over the last two years of training pros, uh, as well as kind of updated mindfulness sessions that go along with that. And because it's going to be going into an app, I'm going to be able to essentially add and update and modify the information that's in there more easily and then create additional content for people who are continuing on with their mindful experience. So that's the that's what's going on there. And that's the motivation behind the program, and that's what you're buying into at this current point. Thanks for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.